Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time. They like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats, the four for twenty-six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. Me up in my headphones, see? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports and the War Room Sports Podcast Network. And yes, the Podcast Network is making its triumphant return. We will give you some information on that later, but it's the same old, same old. When you want to listen to, uh, you know, the different podcasts on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, just go to that website, warroomsports.com. Uh, you can look down in the middle of the page. You can see the five latest podcast titles there, or you can click the War Room Sports Podcast Network tab at the top of the page. That'll take you directly to the Podcast Network tab. So uh, holla at everybody on the network. Everybody, we're getting it back in here. But look, I'm one of your hosts. I'm the bald Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother. We got B. Austin, the hot block commander in the building. What up, B? Yo, man, I can count my life as success, you know, and and, and it's it's the little things, bro. It's the little things. Like, I never thought that I would have theme music. So, <laughs> like, by having that qualifies me as a superhero. And I always wanted to be a superhero. So, you know, I made it. As far back Period. as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Anyway, <laughs> um, look, man, it's 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 on the pop. First of all, shout out to our brother Jimmy. He's uh down under on the other side of the planet, um, emancipating some aboriginals. So shout out to him. Um, but we going you know, the show must always go on. So he'll be back with us next week, back in the fold. But look, most of the NBA playoffs are now transitioning into round two. We got a couple of series that are straggling. One of them may be a surprise. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to preview the matchups that are already set in the second round. Um, but it's definitely NFL draft time. The homie Fred Purdue will join us in hour number two so we can provide full analysis leading you all the way up to the number one pick by the Arizona Cardinals in the 2018 NFL draft. So keep it locked right here as we talk about this and everything else happening around the world of sports. If you want to get in on the conversation yourselves, Make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can hit us up in the War Room Sports Game Time group on the Group Me app, wherever you usually speak to us and, and, and holler at us. Just go ahead and do that during the show. We're checking everything. You can also call us directly in about five minutes. We open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, like we always do around this time, we got to remind you guys, make sure that during the week when you're chilling, you know, you might be at your desk, you might be in the car, wherever you are, man, just make sure when we're not live on the air that you check out archive episodes of our show 
at WarRoomSports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app. That's on Android and iOS, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public. Yo, we're growing. We're everywhere. And most other places that you do your podcast listening, check it out. We're probably there, too. But B, what up, fam, man? The NFL Draft is back on deck. It's that night where a lot of, you know, a lot of young bucks change their fortune, change their future, change their lives. What say you? How's your week been, man? Uh, man, it's been it's been uh, fair to Midland, brother. Fair to Midland. Can't really say anything about uh, the esteemed number forty-five. Uh, I'm here, man. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Forty, forty-five. Always out doing forty-five things. Um, shout out to him for doing what he want from the Oval Office. Can't knock it. He got the guts to do it. He that thorough. Plus his own flow is stupid. <laughs> anyway, man. Look, let's get right into the hot I got topics. a versus. I got a versus real quick based on that. Mm-hmm. Yo, forty-five versus Rick Chain. Who you rather? Who great? Who the greater evil? Ah, uh, greater evil. I would probably have to go to Dick Cheney hands down. Um, more apt, more apt to say and do whatever the hell they want. That had to go to forty-five. But what Dick Cheney was able to accomplish from behind the curtain, I don't know if there's a greater evil. <laughs> I don't know about that. Got people still got old Tricky Dick, um, being the one to to orchestrate nine eleven. But you ain't heard that from me. It's not my conspiracy theory. I don't. Just something that I heard, and they, you know, it doesn't get no more evil than that. But let's jump into these hot topics real quick so we can get all this NBA stuff out of the way before we get to, uh, you know, the NFL draft in the second hour. So, real quick, everybody, hot topics as usual brought to you by my bookie. Let's talk real quick about how much dough you can make betting on sports at my bookie, the NBA and NHL seasons. I mean, excuse me, playoffs are in full swing. You know that. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, what the hell are you waiting for? Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. Join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. Tired of other services giving you the runaround and payout time? Then we urge you to join my bookie. You win. They pay fast. No hassles. You're basically wasting your time sports betting anywhere else, minus Sports book at a Vegas casino. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. Period. All right. So, like I did say just now in that in that promo, the NBA playoffs. Full swing. Uh, give you some updates on the first round. Uh, of course, you know the the one seed in the East uh, sweeps the eight seed in the East, the Pistons 4-0. And before we move on to the other one, to you know, to the next one, I just want to give Blake Griffin some props because you know he's gotten a reputation in the past 
five or six years or so that he doesn't he he can't seem to shake. As soon as they started calling Blake Griffin soft, people just totally forgot how good of a basketball player that he actually is. Um, which is you know which is unfortunate the way I look at things, but. You know, he was basically ruled out of this series with the knee injury, but he did come back for the, the last two games and, get, and gave it a go. Um, I don't think anybody when he showed up was – yeah, I don't think anybody was, was in fear thinking, oh, they got Blake now. The Bucks could be in a little bit of trouble. I don't think anybody thought that because the Pistons were just you – know, they're just not that good of a basketball team right now. Good enough to – fight, scratch, claw, get that eighth seed. But that was about it. No matter who the one seed was out of the top four teams in the East, it probably was going to end up being the same way. But I give him props for going out there and trying because he came in for the final two games. He averaged almost 25, six and six. Um, And not only that, on a bad wheel, he was playing some pretty good defense against Giannis Antetokounmpo, at least in game three. Um, he was. It was. It was very noticeable the trouble that he was giving that guy. He just didn't. You know, he didn't have enough help, especially being on a bad wheel. But I just want to give him his props for that because B, like we always talk about, man, once you get that label, it's kind of hard to shake. Once you get any negative label, you know, within the the, the court of uh, public opinion, you know, when the asses get to talking about you in a certain way. Everybody's kind of a follower, so you know they 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 say what the next person says, and then somebody can't seem to shake that no matter what they do. I mean, we see the same thing with Russell Westbrook. It's always been kind of trendy to bash Russ, yeah. and it's it's on fire this week after after that playoff series. The rush bashing is on fire. But what did you think about Blake's effort? Against the Bucks. Yeah, Russ, Russ bashing is at epic proportions. We'll get into that later. Shout out to Blake, man. He's one of them dudes, man. Like, I, I never really had anything against him. I just kind of went with the narrative. I jumped off the cliff with the lemmings a little bit because it was funny. But I actually like Blake. Like, he's funny. He's got a highly evolved sense of humor that I get. And that has nothing to do with basketball, but just from a personal, a personality standpoint, like, like he's a funny, he's a funny dude. Like his humor is, is funny as heck to me. And his ball game, although deep down inside, maybe not too deep down, he wants to be a guard. And I think he over dribbles. Yo, Blake was one of them dudes that came in the league, just an athlete and to have, have been just an athlete, He's got a pretty impressive skill set that he's worked and developed, and I always appreciate that because I come from the school of, of Jordan, Bean, Bryant, Michael, and dude has put the work in to become far more just a Darvin Ham. Not that he was a Darvin Ham anyway, but like that skill level is super high for someone that was just a decathlete when he came in the league. So I always appreciated that about his game. I don't really think he's soft. I just think he carries that label around, first of all, because, you know, there's, there's that, that thing where basketball is urban and inner-city sport, which, which it is, and he is the quintessential 
African American suburbanite, but it's not fair. It's not fair, and and dude is a a very very good basketball player, and 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 he might you know be when on that the moniker started though, B. That moniker started back when they had that little rivalry with the Memphis Grizzlies, and Zach Randolph used to push him around. Um, but I asked this: What power that ain't fair because Zach Randolph didn't back down from Zach Randolph. So if 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 Zach can make you soft, then probably eighty five, ninety percent of the power forwards around that time were probably soft because nobody wanted smoke with Zach Randolph. <laughs> nobody wanted that smoke with Zach. Zach, so. Zach Randolph is such a gangster that he gangster GMs into allowing him to stay in the league for an extra three years and steal money, and he ain't really played ball. Like, he still isn't retired, and he can't even play anymore. Like, he's a gangster. He gang, he gang bang on everybody. And he's, and he's an antiquated big. Like, they don't even play basketball like that no more, <laughs> which is a shame, but they don't even play and, ball like and that no, no, he's really a gangster. Like, he's he's a certified community revolution in progress. But, still, oh, I, I, that's not fair. Pharmaceutical I dealer like, at that. I, <laughs> Chatty Patty. He really um, I, I, I've banged with Blake, man. I've seen the growth in his game, and, and you know, hopefully <clears throat> he gets and, and what he deserves in terms of the Hall of Very, Very Good uh, because he's more than very, very good. He's actually he, he's bordering on a great NBA player and a great NBA career. So salute to him, man. Get you some help in Detroit, and maybe you'll go for it. Yeah. Now, it would have been a whole different story had he gotten seriously injured in that. That would have backfired on the Pistons because there probably was no need to put him out there. But if a guy said they knew, they knew what it was, give it a they go. They knew what it was. Shut him down. Let him go out there and give it a go. All right, so um, the 2C Raptors uh, defeated the, the Orlando Magic four games to one. Um, of course, we know Orlando took game one on Toronto's home court, but after that, there was pretty much nothing to see here. Um, and in that decisive game five, the Raptors jumped out on the Magic and never looked back. The Magic, in my opinion, just another team that's just not quite ready yet. But, it, you know, it's kind of asking a lot for the Eastern Conference for – the bottom four teams to be almost as equal as the top four teams. So this is kind of what you expect. Four teams advanced that everybody expected and one advanced. Um, but I see the Eastern Conference going. You know what I'm saying? Like it used to be terrible. Like you could you could get a spot in the East. Like three teams. There there's been seasons where two or three teams in the East will get a spot in the playoffs with a Sub, you know, sub 500 record. So it, it's getting much more competitive. The top four teams are legitimate contenders. You know what I'm saying? Just one slip up here by the Golden State Warriors on the other side or the Houston Rockets. Um, one, one injury, not even a catastrophic injury, just one injury to somebody on one of those teams that is just deemed important. And any team in the, the East has a chance. Like, it sounds like I'm saying somebody has to get hurt for them to have a chance. 
it, it might not even be that. Like, these teams may be good enough to give one of those teams over there a run. Um, I still maintain that the NBA champion is coming from the Western Conference, but I see the growth um, in the East. Uh, the, I three ain't, seeds, I ain't <laughs> the three seeds, Philadelphia 76ers, defeated the Brooklyn Nets in a five-game series, 4-1. to one. And just like Orlando did for Toronto, Brooklyn jumped out to a 1-0 lead on the Sixers' home court. Uh, the panic, you know, the, the, the panic people were out. The Boo Birds were out in Philly. The sports media went crazy and like, uh-oh, the Sixers about to do this. Brett Brown about to lose his job. And then they just went on to win four straight against the Nets um, to get them up out of there. We talked about it last week, how in game two, when they were still playing in, in such a lethargic manner, Brett Brown went way out of character at halftime and basically cursed the team out. Seems like since that very moment, they've kind of been on fire in this series. And the, the Nets did put up a good fight until later in the series where they just ran out of bullets, ran out of gas, couldn't shoot, couldn't make a shot anymore. But I think the, the real spark for the Sixers in the, in the, in the um, series was Jared Dudley running his mouth and then even on the basketball court playing Mr. Tough Guy. What were your thoughts on Jared Dudley? First of all, you know, we talked about it last week with the comments that he said about Ben Simmons and then Ben Simmons and had, he came back after those comments and had the greatest playoff game of his life. Then after that, Yo. they decided to, they decided be to adjust, put Karis LeVert, which was a great move into the starting lineup and put Jared Dudley into the starting lineup. Jared Dudley in game three was it game three where he tried to start the rumble? <laughs> yeah. And it sparked the ass yeah, for his team for the rest of the series? Yo. Like, what do we do? I, I, You fit, yo. When I see Jared, Jared Dudley. Elmer Fudley. Jared Elmer Fudley. Yo, I, I look at Jared Dudley and I say, God, why did you give him that height and not me? Why? Right. For what? No muscles. But um no, he don't got no muscle. Um I, I think he did all that he could do. And and I wanna admonish my fellow Sixers fans, y'all out of pocket for getting so worked up over over that loss. Like like yo, if you legit believe that young legend is the one of the best players in the league, top three. Yo, there ain't no way Brooklyn was gonna win that series. It ain't yeah, no way. I think like, people were. Are, I think people were nervous about his health because they're thinking health, like, yeah. man, if Brooklyn beat us in Game One with him, if he has to miss some games this series, like, what are we gonna end up doing? But yeah, he like Jared Dudley. He poked the bear. On, on that particular thing when he started that, that scuff, that little, you know, whatever that was, the little scuffle on the on the baseline. He kind of poked the bear because I think Joel Embiid was basically going through the motions in, in that particular game. After Jared Dudley shoved him and then um, Jimmy retaliated, they both got ejected from the game. Like, you're thinking if you're a Nets fan, like, wow, that's 
kind of great because we don't need Jared Dudley at all. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is very important for them, and if you look at the at the the fight, you look at that. Dudley, even after Jimmy came and pushed him, he kept his attention on Joel Embiid, which tells me he was doing this 100% on purpose. He was trying to get Joel Embiid to react because, you know, if he goes out of the game, it's a different story. Jimmy goes out, it's probably going to be harder to close a game because that's the, you know, that's the sixth closer. But they can, they can survive without him and get the game late. If Joel Embiid the game, they have a chance of, you know, not being able to score effectively and consistently throughout the rest of the game. So if, if you go back and watch that, he pushes Joel. Jimmy comes right away, pushes him. He turns around, looks past Jimmy, the guy who just shoved him, and he's still trying to, you know, get at Joel and beat well, he's acting like he is. It's the hold me back moment because, you know, 18,000 People are there, but he's trying to get the big man to react. And Joel kind of did the right thing. He turned around, put his hands up, walked away from the whole scrum because he, you know, you realize how important you are in that moment. And what this guy with their bum off the bench is basically trying to do. And he was successful in getting somebody out. He got Jimmy out, but it kind of backfired because that poked the bear. I think this dude, because he he talked about it so much, B, in, in the post game press how proud he was that Jimmy had his back like that. I think it really just turned on that. He turned on that switch. He got his big ass down on the block and punished them for and the rest put, of the game. Yeah. So if that's what Yo. it takes, I push this dude, try to start a fight with him every game. Cause if that's what it takes to get his ass on the block and destroy Yo. people, if, then I'm all for it. If punch him stays, in the face next if time. If he stays, if he stays healthy, man, we might got us one, man. We might got us one. If he is able to stay healthy and play 35 minutes a game, he is going to be an MFN problemo. If he exactly like the dude is the most talented big that we've seen in a long time. No long disrespect to Boogie, because Boogie is that guy. And I don't think, you know, because of Boogie's injury, I don't think Joel got to properly take that title from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we, we really haven't gotten to see the boogie that we're used to. But this dude, for his size, does some amazing things on the basketball court. If we could just stop that boogie. magnet that pulls him out to yeah. the three-point line for no damn reason, <laughs> we could just get that magnet off the court and just let this dude go to work down there where he's supposed to go to work. Unstoppable, man. Yo, he has to- uh, he has a highly articulate and very intelligent excuse. And and it's an excuse. It's totally an excuse. Well, I have to be out there because I have to give Ben Simmons room to operate. I mean, I want to be down. No, my dude, you want to shoot. You want Chuck three, man. Don't don't lie. You want to Chuck three. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Like, don't, don't right. Because nobody says when the you ball want... comes back out, you got to shoot it. You can always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have or to. Back, I got to shoot it. And he doesn't go to the rack And he passes it back out to you All right, you had your chance Now get out the way Let me turn around, back this dude down Under the stanchion And get a bucket And and bang on his mouth (laughs) Oh no, he gave me the ball It's low in the shot clock I have to shoot it Mm -hmm. 
Low in the shot clock, we had 10 seconds. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, shout out to Boogie. I, I love I love what Boogie represents and, and the skill set. Maybe, no, I wouldn't even say that. Boogie is highly skilled, but he's not the athlete that Embiid is, man. Embiid is an athlete at that size. Yeah. And so it, it's a little different. It's a little different. All right, and then uh, the four seed Celtics. Uh, swept the the, the five seed Pacers. Um, the we we all kind of figured the Pacers didn't have much of a shot in that series. I think everybody's still shocked at how the Pacers, you know, kept winning games and still grabbed the five seed after Victor Ol- Oladipo went down after thirty six games. So we're still giving them props for that. Nate McMillan is definitely in the coach of the year, um, but this Boston team is the team that most people favored to win the East coming into the season. So even though they haven't looked like that team, I don't think anybody thought that there was going to be a chance that the underman Pacers were going to be able to take them out. The Pacers played some good quarters in this series, you know, but it was a lot of times in in the fourth quarter, they just couldn't keep up the momentum. They couldn't uh, stop Kyrie in certain moments of the game. And, you know, every game kind of the same way. The Pacers showed why you do need a a star or a superstar and a closer because they did play. They played very, very well. But when it was time to 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 just superstar up, they didn't have it. And yeah. and Victor credit. I don't, and you probably don't either. We still don't really think of him as a superstar. But he don't give his all to to give you his best rendition of being one. He he definitely (laughs) does. And so having him, having right, yo, right down to the girlfriend he picked. Yo, shout out to him. Um, He's trying to be the star in all facets of his life. He got the stuff going on (laughs) off the court. He's singing to y'all. He got the chair. He probably... Even even with even with him, they probably wouldn't have done that with Byree, man. Byree represents Byru. Vic living the top ten. Vic living the top ten life. He definitely. Yeah, he he got his. He's living the top top ten life life in the top twenty five, (laughs) buddy. Living his best life. All right, let's go to the uh, phone lines real quick before we go on to some of these uh, Western Conference series, two of which are still going on. Um, we got the homie Tobias waiting on the line, calling from Arizona. Tobias, what's going on? You're in the war room. Roll damn tide, Roll or, damn. Is it, or is it? Or is it? Or is it? Fire the cannons. It's, it's a night for the bucks. Oh. Well, it's always roll tide every day till I die, man. But fire the cannons. I hope Damn. the Bucks don't do nothing stupid like every like all the time they do. Um, remember, we're the same team that traded up for a kicker. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> hey Tobias, maybe y'all maybe y'all trade us y'all first rounder to get Deshaun yeah. Jackson back. Oh no, we cool, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about this draft, right? Like, first, I'm going to talk about the NBA real quick. You write about the Pacers. You do need that star, at least that one player. I don't think you need, like, three max guys. Maybe one good – like, a, like I think Oladipo is a good player. He may not be a Kyrie or nothing. But I do like what Indiana did. And it's like you can still build a competitive team 
if you make the right trades and good roster moves and get the right people. And uh, now they're going to be a playoff team for the next five, six, seven years. But, you know, when you're watching like this this first round, for example, people don't want to admit it. Golden State could be beaten. People don't want to admit it. They like they scared to. The th- the part that kills them, they don't. Really, people don't want to say it. Their bench, they have no bench, and Iguodala is a key player, and he's at the end of his rope. He had a good career, but he's closer to wearing the NBA TV jacket right now than being a viable member of the team. Draymond, he's open for a reason. People don't even worry about. It. He could pump fake all day, and we like laugh at him. Uh, you know, and I think a team, these teams. And the way you do it, you be physical with them. You rough up stuff. And they can be beaten. People act like these guys are like uh, act like Super Saiyan 8 Goku here. They can't be beaten. They can be. And I think a team like Boston who matches up well with them, or Milwaukee who will switch everything and has left. Heck, even Houston, if they decide to take a mid-range shot every now and then, could do the job. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. They don't look... And I was even going to ask, like, going into, you know, the fact that they're, I'm not going to say struggling with the Clippers. I mean, they are up 3-2, but from what everybody thought it would be, I think it's a little bit of uh, a struggle going on. And I was going to ask, B. Austin, if you if you think the champs look a little vulnerable right now. And according um, to what Tobias is saying, he must think that they do because he's yeah. naming a list of teams who he think, you know, could get them in the right situation. I, I think I think the difference now today between where they were in in previous championship runs is there is vulnerability. There's definitely vulnerability, um, and that vulnerability is their bench and their defense. Um, and and a part of that is is actually related. Man, I I I love how Sean Livingston's knee came back mm-hmm. uh, from that Great. tragic injury. I love Iguodala's role, Eagle Dollar. The career that he has had and the role he played for them is is amazing, and nothing can be taken away. Uh, so I've enjoyed it, but it's, it's time. Like Tobias said, it's time. Man, Sean Livingston, I used to argue, is a starter quality guard coming off your bench. He's no longer that. He's no longer that, and Eagle Dollar used to be—he just—he just a tall boy with Afro. Um, and Eagle Dollar used to be a guy where you could put him in your starting lineup and basically have almost the equivalent of an all-star coming off your bench or filling in, playing three different positions. As Tobias remember, said, B, they had no to, they had that. to make that adjustment. And put him in the starting lineup to win that first title. Yep. Yeah. 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 He's no. He's no longer that man, like you said. So, and it's what, okay. What are you? What are you getting out of your bench? It's not the starters that I worry about. If their starters are on, if their starters are on, it's a curtain call. The guys that don't even matter. But the bench used to give them the luxury of covering over. Y'all sound computerized right now. Y'all sound like bored right now. Got it over here. All right, it's pretty good now. Oh, no. You still sound like Kimbe. Merry Christmas. You know what, though? Can I say this real quick? 
I know y'all talking about like yeah. Westbrook, right? I never been like I never been the biggest Westbrook guy, but I appreciate the effort he plays with. He's one of the few players I pay to watch the game. And I always thought Dane Lillard was like a better overall player of what the thing he could do offensively. But I hear clowns like Cowherd, right? Who's taking a shot at him like Derrick Rose and I'm talking about John Walt talking about you can't build teams around these guys. And I'm like, as a Bulls fan, what the hell you want us to do then? Build around Lou All Dang and Kirk Heinrich? <laughs> um, you know, because let, let me remind everybody out there about Derrick Rose for the knee injury. Got to the Eastern Conference Finals with the best record in the NBA, and your second-best offensive player was Lou Aldang. You had Keith Bogans as starting two-guard, and you had a washed-up Carlos Booz who shot more fadeaways than Patrick Ewing and LaMarcus Aldridge combined. And every, eight times a game, he said, you got that rebound, Joe? That was him, and he still led that team. He ain't lost to LeBron. That happens. But I, I ain't talk about the yeah. less athletic point guards. I'm like, look, Chris Paul stays hurt, and he's like, he's like a point guard version of Shaq, come in fat and work his way into shape during the season. Steph Curry has paper mache ankles. Uh, Kyrie and his uh, knee doctor know each other by first name basis. Probably get a guy a fruit basket every year. You know, people get hurt. You have to build with what you got. Everybody ain't gonna have LeBron James on their team or Kevin Durant. If the Oklahoma has, even though I think they should kick the tires or trade in Westbrook, but you gotta play, you gotta go with what you have. I'd rather have Westbrook than nothing, or at least I get a good trade package for him. But if you can't get nothing good for him, you just make the playoffs every year and entertain your fans. Still, ain't no shame in that. Yeah, I mean, I say they gotta do something over there. Um, they do. Billy Donovan might be getting that side eye as well. He probably, so, he probably yeah, we'll see how that how that goes. What's your what's your hey, thoughts hey, on the draft, real quick? Well, I think the Bucks they talking about they go trade draft this middle linebacker Devin White from LSU. I think he's a great player, but you need a pass rush. If you get one of these top pass rushers fall to you, or Quentin Williams of Alabama fall to you, you got to take him over the middle linebacker. Because I tell everybody this: Ray Lewis is the best linebacker I've ever seen. But what we had done, how good, how much better he was when he had the Sam Adams, the Haloe Nadas of the world, eating up those blocks for him to make him great, to help him out. You have to get the pass rush down. If you get the defensive line down, your whole defense is better. And I do think also the Giants are stupid. They're, 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 the, they're the new stupid franchise. So you're going to pass on Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, for a guy at Duke who nobody heard of and wasn't that good, under one of the best quarterback coaches in the country, Duke's coach is one of the great quarterbacks. He coached Manning, the Manning boys. He's a great quarterback coach. But the crazy part is I know people want to talk about Saquon. Saquon is a great player, but it was still the wrong pick because you need a quarterback. They're in the same spot, and they're wasting his prime because the running back's best years are right now when he's in the, on the cheap. So what is the point of drafting him if you're in the same spot? And I say this real quick: the Cardinals need to go ahead and trade, draft Kyler Murray because you ruined Josh Rosen, and because because you already just pretty much crapped all over him. Do you want to be like the guy yeah, who cheated on his girlfriend, yeah. talking about, "Hey, baby, can you work it out?" No, I'm like, and I say this real quick: I know you guys got to run, but you have if you're gonna go in on this guy. Go in on Kyler Murray, even though Kyler Murray doesn't re- watch film. But uh, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> but you have to just go in on him and just let. And I believe Josh Rosen probably wants out too. 
because he's the case of a quarterback who has talent who goes to a bad team and a bad organization and just be a, and be labeled a bust. Look at the good quarterbacks we like and look at what organizations they're with in the coaching and the front office. You guys have a good week, man. Keep up the good work. All right, no thanks, doubt, brother. We appreciate you. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we and we're definitely gonna get to that to that Westbrook stuff in a minute because you know it, it's it's a lot going on right now. But you kind of expected it because it seems like there's a lot of people out there who's kind of rooting for the the homie Brody to fail. Um. So yeah, back to the whole uh, Warriors Clippers thing because of course we know, like I said, it's a three two. Uh, series lead by the Golden State Warriors, but I don't think that they thought they were going to end up flying back to LA for a game six. And here we are um, in a game where Kevin Durant went off for 45 points, but you know, he's just getting so many contributions from, from everybody on the Clippers some that you expect, some that you don't expect, but they had five players in double figures um, for that game five victory. Of course, Lou Williams, 33 points, 10 assists. Uh, Gallinari chipped in with 26. Patrick Beverly hit about four three-pointers. And, you know, he was one of the dudes came into the league, could shoot a lick. 17 points, 14 rebounds, four assists. And he's guarding everybody else that's bigger than him. He's being a pest to, to KD. Um there was one play where he was guarding um, Draymond in the post without with one shoe, one shoe in his hand, one shoe on his foot, drew an offensive foul that in turn got Draymond a technical for his reaction to the call. So it's like these dudes are are scrapping. And, and a lot of people think, B, because of how they're playing now and how they're showing face in this first round of the playoffs, it's going to do well for them once free agency comes. Because, you know, you got Kawhi who's from L.A., who people think wants to play in L.A. but doesn't want to play with LeBron. Clippers could be a destination. People starting to ramp up rumors of KD going there as well, even though we hear the KD and Kyrie to New York uh, rumors out there as well. So, But people think the Clippers are playing themselves into better contention when it comes to the free agent hunt this summer. But you said you think the champs do look a little vulnerable, though. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's some vulnerability there. Um, the one thing that I don't want to discount is the value of their starting lineup. I still believe that starting lineup um, trumps anyone else's starting lineup, period. But they have less of a margin for error because no one realized – no, you take for granted how great the bench – has been over the previous playoff runs, and that bench is no longer there. So it's like having a safety net, and now you walk in the tightrope, and there ain't no safety net. So you can't slip. Safety net there, you could slip and fall a game, and, and you're cool. But now you slip and fall, you dead. you did. dead. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it is. That's what it is. All right. I mean, it's interesting to see. I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think the champs have a switch. Um, and I, I think they did, you know, I think they did turn that switch on in this past game because they came back from a huge deficit, um, took the lead late in the game, but then couldn't finish it off. But I think, you know, in game six, 
it's going to be a different kind of switch. This is going to be that switch that's going to come on, leave no doubt in the results and the you know the end results of this particular series. Um, listen, listen, yeah, I, I think it's my man. My man Mo Harkless is channeling his inner Oakley. He's throwing bows. Sweet Lou, listen, Sweet Lou is Sweet Lou. He lives a different type of life. He's from a different place. He got two wives, so of course he's winning. Um, and then you got. You know, you got guys like Patrick Beverly who all all my life I've been that all my life. So, you know, he's he he's he's playing with house money. He ain't got nothing to lose. So it it's one of those scrappy teams where if you disrespect them and you don't take them serious, they're gonna get shots through your guard and punch you in the face. And that's what they're doing. The downside to this, what I would say the the downside to this is Houston is home resting. How important is that rest? How important is, is that rest? Tell me, tell me what you think of this. I heard that Houston is going to, um, on Friday, they're going to travel to Oakland and stay there. They're claiming that they're going to travel to Oakland so they can get used to, you know, West Coast, the time zone and, and the time difference and all of that kind of stuff. How disrespectful is that to the Clippers at this point? <laughs> like you, you basically you gonna travel to Oakland and wait for these dudes, but you know that's bulletin board. But it, but it may be a part of what they're doing. Their organization is probably willing to blow some cash just to give some bulletin board material to the Clippers, so the Clippers can pull off the impossible. They just jump on a, a you know a quick little flight and 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 jump down to L.A. and beat up on the clip. Actually, they wouldn't have to do that. They would have to go back home because the Clippers would have to come to them for the first two. But it, but it's kind of mm. crazy to me to see them do that. Now it's yeah, making it's me good. like, oh, y'all doing that? Make you kind of root for the Clippers, even though if the Clippers win this series, they throw a wrench in the whole playoffs because, you know, if they if they win this series, they would have blown their whole wide, and then it's going to be terrible from there, here on out. So they were kind Yo. of below the entertainment value of the playoffs, but being disrespected like this after they scrapped to two wins when people thought Yo. they were going to get swept, that would make me root for them if Houston goes through with that. That's funny, too, because if the Clippers end up beating Golden State, they would lose to any other team in the field <laughs> two, game, two and a half games to zero. Like and, and, they'll and lose On either side, east or west. On Patrick Beverly would turn back into Patrick Beverly. Mo Harkless would be a G League player. Sweet Lou would be more interested in adding a wife. So you mean, yo, you it calling, be, I know who you're talking about. You keep calling him Mo Harkless. Harkless played for the, the the Blazers. You're talking about um the the other dude coming off the bench. He's also a six man candidate, right? Bench bench ball. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Like, I know who you're talking about. I just know you keep disrespecting him, calling him by the wrong name. You, yeah, you're you Houston rocketing him right now. You're basically <laughs> setting up shot in the other team's city because you ain't giving him no respect. Yeah, he's been disrespectful. No <laughs> problem. But, um, yeah, man, it's, that that's that's funny. That is funny. My, Mont- Montrez Harrell, that boy you talking about. Montrez Harrell, yeah. <laughs> that boy. You yeah, that boy. his name. His last name started with an H. Boy, I'm saying. Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, it, it's interesting, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen. But I think, I think what's going to happen is the Clippers is going. They're going to get all the fans, you know, on the edge of their couch. Everybody's going to want to see what's going to happen in Game Six, and Golden State might beat them by at least 35. That's what I see happening. I hope it happens differently, but that's what I see happening. Now that you know, now that they have everybody's attention, Golden State is going to. Uh, Deal one of those blows to show you that we're a little embarrassed by this. <laughs> yeah, gonna come out Steph and show you. Steph's gonna get him forty on nine shots. <laughs> on nine shots. Clay, Clay gonna give him sixty on two dribbles. The first, the first thing, the first thing I said was unrealistic. The second thing is actual that could actually happen. Mm, Trey, Clay gonna. Don't fake a dribble. He gonna fake a dribble and pull up. He gonna get your hands and pull up. He gonna get sick off a of half a dribble. All right, so there's another three-two series going on um, in the in the West, and the number you know the two seed Nuggets lead the seven seed Spurs uh, three games to two. I personally chose the Nuggets to win this in seven and. Nothing I've seen from this series so far tells me that there's anything in my mind that I should change. I see uh, the Spurs going out there tonight on their home floor and getting a win in game six, and this going back to Denver for a decisive game seven. And even, you know, when that happens, like I always thought the series was pretty much a toss-up. I think I just went ahead and picked the Nuggets because they did have the home court advantage, but if if the Spurs go out and take care of business uh, tonight and it goes seven, you never know what's going to happen. But question, you got a question to ask, and, and it's rhetorical, but, yo, where do Pop be finding these people, man? Who who are these? The international yeah. scouting team is the greatest sports I've ever seen. <laughs> Not just basketball. Are sports. Yeah, they, 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 they scout. And I don't even and it, and when they scout, they scout. I think specifically with the intent of what this person can do, not just on a basketball court. That's probably secondary. Like, what would this person look like in our system? Because we've seen people play well there, go elsewhere, and be trash truck juice. Like, shout out to Jonathan Simmons. He's on the Sixers team right now. I'm figuring when we traded Markel Fultz to Orlando, I'm like, all right, Jonathan Simmons is not, not bad. He hadn't played in Orlando like he did in San Antonio, but if we can get him to get some of that back, that'll be a great addition for our bench. This dude played so bad since he got here, he played himself out of the rotation. He only played garbage time minutes now. Yeah, he turned like, in a really? ducking song. Yeah, so you know, shout out to Pop. Shout out to his system and shout out to their international um, scouting team. All right, so the last series we want to talk about, of course, this was the most dramatic one, uh, the Trailblazers versus the Thunder. Even though it was only a five-game series, there was a lot of bad blood in this series, um, back and forth between Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard. Uh, The closeout, decisive game five, Dame Lillard comes out, gives the Thunder 50, and his 50th point came on a 37-foot three-pointer at the buzzer 
to end the game, the series, and the Thunder's 2018-2018 campaign in general. What were your thoughts about Dame Dollar? And is this any shock to you? Because I'm asking you this because the the prisoners of the moment, like Dame is everything to everybody right now. And I'm sitting here like, these are the same people who like a year ago, a year or two ago, like they showed this dude no respect. I think Dame Lillard has been a top five point guard for some years now. It was a shame that playing out in Portland, he didn't get his recognition. He had to beg his way into the All-Star game that year. Um, he finally got his due last season and 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 won, I mean, got on that first team All-NBA. Then he ended up getting swept by the, the Pelicans uh, in the first round. So were you shocked by any of this at all? And it's become a memorandum on who's better between Dame Lillard and Russell Westbrook, which is another palm sentiment in, in my estimation as well. Okay, even if before the series started you were thinking, oh, this dude might be better than Westbrook. I don't think him and his team winning the series um, was the told-you-so moment if you really thought that. And I think if that is your told-you-so moment, then you probably never believe what you said in the first place because they ain't been that dude. <laughs> He's been that dude. I don't think you needed to see that to solidify your opinion on on what you think. I I I'm not saying I think he's better than Westbrook or ever did. I'm just saying for the people who said that, for that to be what solidifies it for you, I don't think you believe what you said in the first place. You were just like most a Westbrook detractor, most likely. <laughs> no, well, let me. I have a different perspective because I like them both. And yeah. I, I get so sick of people pooping on Westbrook. I feel like, to a lesser extent, Westbrook is feeling it's like the it's like the Kobe syndrome. Like when Kobe dropped eighty one, how can you hate that? How it's not possible to hate that if you love the game. It's, it's the not possible. Point of what? Yeah, yo, if you score 81 on five preschool children, you still scored 81, guys, 81. So I feel that way about Russ and, and, and his performances and the, and the triple doubles. You have people that will say, well, see, the last two uh, rebounds, uh, Adams let him get those two rebounds. So, yo, he had triple double, cuz. A triple double. But even that, that's being used against him now because every time they do lose a game, lose a series, yeah, I want to win. Y'all can, you can have the triple doubles. That's all I'm worried about. What? I don't really don't think he's going out there like I'm going to go get a triple double. It's just he no. he just contributes to the game all around, and that's what happens. But that's what people are going to do because first they they downplayed it because like we always talk about on here. For the for the past five or ten years, you ask any fan, any ex-player, any current player, any coach, anybody, you ask them five years ago what would be the feat that would never be done again. And people used to say averaging a triple-double for a season before they would even say 100 points like Wilt did. So now that Westbrook did it, and you know how people felt about him in the first place, now it doesn't have its same luster. It's not the same thing. 
Um, it's yeah. easy because they're great at getting you played have, now. But you, I ask if it is easy, then why is he the only player to have done it? Yeah, he's the only player doing it. And and Could've LeBron should have done it. LeBron should have done it by now and didn't. So all right. So here's here, going back to your question. I like both players. Um in today's NBA, from a skill perspective, Dane is a more skilled player than 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 Westbrook. Westbrook depends on athleticism and I I when I look at that team, you know, having Paul George is great. It's great that they can they can play off of one another. I feel like their lack of success in this series is an indictment of the other talent around because outside of Schroeder, it feels like nobody else gets their own shot. So it's almost becomes like the 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 Heatles in their first edition where they couldn't really play well together, but the talent was such, okay, here's your turn. You get busy. No, it's your turn. You get busy. Like it's not cohesive for the Thunder. And so with that being said, Russ's game isn't built on skill. It is built on effort and athleticism and, and I feel like there are things that he can do at this stage of his career to better develop his skill set, so honestly, so that he improves his chances of staying in the league at a high level. That being said, do I think Dame is better? I think it's very close. I think it's very, very close. Um, I don't think Dame is as respected. I think this series is going to give him or notch him up, level him up quite a bit. See, but that, but I ask you, I stop you right there, and I ask you, is it going to level him up because people are really feeling that, or is it going to level him up because it happened against Westbrook? Westbrook was jawing after Game Three. Oh yes, people oh, hate yeah. Westbrook, so I was like, Westbrook. is it going to be one of those things where now, even if he might not be, even if people might not be overrating him just because they didn't know about him before, but from other people's point of views. Do you think people are going to start "quote unquote" overrating Dame in their eyes just because of who it was that he slayed? Because I saw I so many gonna, people that was on. Some, I think they're going to start overrating him. They're going to start overrating him. And to be honest, if you're not a true basketball head, such as the folks on this show, yo, it's not a lot of casual fans that even watch Portland play. So you wouldn't even know what Dame and C.J. McCollum are about because you don't stay up late enough. And they don't get a lot of primetime games. So you haven't seen Dame play that much to know that he's that nice. So that that's another. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just asking because the stuff that I've seen has been so interesting. Um, and, of course, from the Thunder's perspective, one of these points you expect that team to break through but it's hard, you know, especially since they faded late. It's hard for them to get a decent matchup if they're not one of the top four seeds. Um, Portland yeah. was supposed to be the better team. Portland was supposed to win this series. Um, what people forget, like I said, because everybody and – and don't get me wrong. I, I love Dame Lillard, always have, just like I love Westbrook. But people, what they forget, Dame's 
playoff reputation was in the same place that Russ's playoff reputation was. Um, they've been swept out of the playoffs the last three seasons. Um, you you had two teams come up, you know, against each other where something had to give. Somebody had to win, so somebody was going to brush a little bit of that reputation off of themselves. Um, so now for Portland and Dane, we need them to keep going and get past this next round to shut people up altogether because they're, they're, they're quiet now because it's vast rush time, rust time. For the next week, right. it's going to be rust memes here, rust memes there. But once that all wears off, you know, people are going to go yeah. back like, well, you know, Dame has always been a playoff choker. But I think this year, be because of the surprise thing of Denver, um, and so if they get past the Spurs, and even if they don't, if Portland gets matched up with the Spurs, I think either one of these two matchups gives them an opportunity to get off that schneid even more. I think the bracket kind of set up nicely for them this season. And, you know, I think no matter who wins, Portland should end up in the conference finals. We don't know if they will, because last year they should have beat the Pelicans down. And we saw how that happen. So we'll see. We'll see how it how it plays. There's a couple. There's a narrative out there. He's a killer. Stone Cold, cold blood. Narrative out Westbrook, but I feel like there's multiple motivations. So there's people. Whenever you have a guy that's so confident and such a hard worker, as I've often said about Kobe, the average human being can't relate. To, the, to, to, to what he is and how he feels about competition in the game. They just can't relate. So what you can't relate to and what you can't understand that's foreign to you, it, you then treat it as if it, you know, because it's alien and it's foreign to you, you don't understand it, so you hate on it. So there's that, there's that level or that type of person. Then you've got the whole he's far too confident in the face of the media he should be thankful for the opportunity to play basketball. There you've got those people, which could have some racial overture or undertones to it as well. So you've got different levels of hatred that come at Westbrook because he's not humble and meek and welcoming and open. Yo, he's a fiery competitor. He He's competitive to a fault. It's a sickness. He's got that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant sickness. He's a competitor to a fault, and people can't relate to that. People can't relate, so they don't. Yeah. They don't. And, and you know, and I'm not absolving Westbrook for anything. Actually, you know, besides the usual, his shooting percentage, he played a very good game um, in the closeout game. Um, what I'm, what I notice, like Paul George, because he's not a catalyst like Westbrook, and he's another one of my favorite players. If Westbrook would have played this game and ended this game like Paul George, oh, God, the criticism would have been so crazy. But since Westbrook is on this team, everybody's giving everything negative that has to do with this team. They're giving it to him. So Paul George kind of skates and, you know, he he, he gets away with being able to miss free, uh, three free throws down the stretch, which he doesn't, Yo, do. yeah. he doesn't miss free throws. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know PG. I know PG is your man, but there are some people that are saying that's the reason why he stayed in OKC because he didn't want the type of heat and smoke that comes 
with the pressure with being the man in, in LA. Yeah. Not even so, being the man, either being LeBron, because you knew Brian ain't taking none of the blame. Um, so yeah, you know, missing free three free throws. That's not his mo. Um, he got bad. Um, Russ did have a wild layup attempt that missed, which got Portland the rebound for Dame to, to hit that last shot. So of course that's you know that's what you hear about the most. That's what's focused upon. So yeah, it, it you know PG kind of gets to skate. I don't like I don't like uh I don't like criticizing my man either. But and 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 I've heard people kind of give him the, an excuse. They saying you know Paul George. Um, his shoulder must not really be right because he's definitely he definitely hasn't been the player lately that he was, you know, that got him into the MVP race during the season. So it's something that changed his fortunes, whether it was his shoulder or, you know, God forbid, you know, some people already talk about his heart when playoff. I really don't know how he got that particular um, reputation anyway because before – the leg injury, the last time we had seen Paul George, you know, he was going mano a mano with, with LeBron James in the playoffs. You know, the Pacers just wasn't strong enough to, to finish that off. But, you know, a lot of talking in basketball circles, I'm hearing that a lot of people question his heart and they they laugh wholeheartedly at the moniker playoff P because people think he doesn't do anything in the playoffs. But I don't know, man. It's <laughs> hell of a Hell of a thing here. So in a minute, we got to go to uh, – because Fred's going to be with us in a minute to talk this NFL draft stuff, so we're going to wrap this up. Let me get this out of the way, and then we got a couple of calls on the line to take, and then we're going to get into NFL draft mode here. Um, Word. Stat of the week, and we're, we're going to give that to Damian Lillard. In the game five closeout game, uh, Damian Lillard scored 50 points and hit the 37 three-pointer at the buzzer in the face of my man PG-13. I don't even know if it's in his face because the shot was so far back, Paul George didn't even seriously give that much of an effort to play that shot, even though that's kind of dangerous because I agree with what he said, actually. It just looks salty for him to say it after the game. That's pretty much a bad shot. But you also have to keep in mind, though, Lillard pulls up from the damn logo pretty often. So it may be a bad shot, but it still has to be guarded a little more. You know, it has to be guarded more tightly. Like, you can't just let him uh, pull up like that. But it but it definitely is a bad shot, a, like a step to the side, jump shot from 37 feet at the buzzer. There wasn't much pressure because it was a tie game. So if he missed, I guess it wouldn't have been crazy, but if you miss that and then the other team comes back and wins, and this is some catalyst for them coming back and winning the series, then people are going to go back and point to that and wonder why you settled for a 37 foot three pointer when you could have put these dudes away trying to go to the bucket. Cause all you really needed was one point, you know, you go to the bucket, get fouled. All you got to do is make one and the game is over. But this is the game that we watch. This is, the era of basketball that we live in where people rather shoot the ball from half court than drive and try to get fouled. It worked out for Dame and he's the hero of the week. So stat of the week goes to Dame. Quote of the week also goes to Dame. He said, you 
He said he's been busting my ass for years. He had a platform to prove it, and you saw what happened. That's Dame Lillard talking about Russ And I don't think those type of words come out if Russ isn't so demonstrative after the Game 3 win and during the Game 3 win. One thing, I, I defend Russ on a lot of stuff, but I don't understand why Russell Westbrook is always so damn angry. But this is cool. I like players going back and forth, talking trash. I don't, I don't need everybody to be friends, so I'm cool with that. But I still wonder sometimes why Russell Westbrook is so damn angry. I think sometimes he has to rile himself up and get himself in that mode to to be able to do special things. That, that's just my guess. He's angry a lot. Angry black I don't man. think I think Dame would have took the high road on a lot of this if Russ just wasn't poking at him all the time. You can go back to the last season when Russ was trying to get Paul George on the All Star team. And he was like, you know, Paul George is playing like this. Meanwhile, we got other dudes begging themselves into the game. Shot. <laughs> We've been poking at the game for a while now. So I'm pretty sure this feels like vindication. And for all the pom-poms out there, they think it's vindication, as, you know, as if these dudes aren't going to play each other for years to come. And I'm, I'm front row for it because I like it. I'm glad everybody ain't kumbaya, buddy, buddy, kissing and all that kind of stuff. All right, so let's go to the um, phone line real quick. Well, let me get your picks real quick, and then I'm going to go to the phone line. Let me get your picks for these two Eastern Conference series that are already um, already set. You got the third seed Sixers taking on the second seed Raptors and the fourth seed Celtics taking on the uh, number one seed in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you think your Sixers have a shot against the Toronto team that they went one three against during the season? Raptors and Bucks. Make it three. Raptors, Raptors and, Bucks. and Bucks. I I being truth like I, I I will pick the Raptors in this too. One thing I will say though, the Raptors were three and one against the Sixers during the season and even the one they lost, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. On the other hand, they haven't played the Sixers since this quote unquote new team has fully assembled. You know, and um Jimmy was there, but they didn't have Tobias, you know, they didn't have my Boban coming off the bench, stuff like that. Um Mike Scott, who you know, early year he might be in jeopardy because he had a foot contusion the other day, which is crazy timing because he actually has started to play well and come into his own a little bit with this team. Um I would pick Toronto as well. I would. I, I'm leaning towards seven, but I would. I, I'm gonna say Toronto in six. <clears throat> but I. I also don't know what this team is gonna look like against Toronto. Fully assembled, but what I do know, they're gonna throw Kawhi Leonard or Ben Simmons a lot, and he's gonna try to disrupt what we do before we even do it. So that's gonna be a big factor in this game. If Ben Simmons can can figure out that puzzle that is Kawhi Leonard to him because Kawhi kind of dominates him in in the regular season games. If he can figure that out, the Sixers will have a very good chance with the series. This is the only team in the Eastern Conference as a Sixers fan that I feared. And when I used to say that, people were like, man, you, 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 what about the Bucks? What about the Celtics? They own y'all. I feel differently about this new group 
versus the Celtics. And I never feared the Bucks to begin with. I think we match up with them better than everyone else. So they don't mm-hmm. look as dominant against us as they do against other people. Toronto was the team that I didn't want smoke with. Now we got Yo. smoke with them, so we got to go out and handle them. But as Yo. an analyst, I'm going to pick Toronto in six. I'm going to pick this one is, is difficult for me too, man, because I don't think the Bucks is just gonna go walk over the Celtics either. I think the Celtics will test them, and I think I'm out on a limb here, and I'm gonna go Celtics in seven against the Bucks. So you got Raptors and Bucks. I got Raptors and Celtics, but everybody out knows that we're supposed to go and prove us wrong. One of those situations where we would love to be wrong. Um, Go Sixers. Man, I can't I can't wait to be wrong. But um yo, you didn't mention the best player in the series, which is uh Siakam. Oh, you didn't mention Siakam. <laughs> Siakam, nice. I'm scared of Siakam. I don't talk about Siakam. <laughs> I wanna talk about Siakam and shout out to Skyview. He said PG thirteen is now the Craig Elo of this generation. Ah. We know Scabby like to take stuff to the extreme. <laughs> Yo, he takes <laughs> stuff to the extreme. <laughs> and uh, good luck on your on your deal, Scabby. He said he's uh, closing the biggest deal of his career. Go out there and get it done. Get it oh, done. Man, congrats. Congratulations. Come a sponsor of of the War Room. You know. <laughs> gotcha. Word. As long as you got us. All right, let's go to the uh, phone lines real quick. Uh, we got. I hope this is the homie Naj. We didn't screen it, but I hope is this Naj? Yes, sir. What up, y'all? All what right. Up? We, what up? we got the homie Naj calling in from GA. What's up, man? Hey, hey, nothing, man. I'm glad y'all throwing some light on some of this ridiculous uh, coverage and things said. And I, I just wanted to be known that uh, a lot of people in media didn't hoop, and and, and we find that out exactly. when they start exactly. talking. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so first, first, uh, I'm going to salute the Thunder for going hard and taking the embarrassment of failing because that's a part of life. And I want to throw uh, middle fingers up to the other two teams who laid down after getting blitzed in the first quarter because I think they skated because the theatrics of Dame was so – you know what I mean? Like, that was – man, that was something to see what Dame did. And I think that left right. a lot of people not look at those other two teams who just laid down like dogs and got the hell kicked out of them. Like, that – talking about Orlando, Brooklyn? Yes, sir. Laid down yeah. like dogs. That's not yeah. acceptable playoff basketball. But, but getting to the OKC stuff, like, we got to remember, man, the younger guys go to older guys' camps. They get shoes from them. And you start to create a relationship of that little bro. That's the little homie. So Russ always considered Dane little bro, the dude that's on the tier below me. And that mm-hmm. is fueled Dane to the fullest. And he couldn't wait for this moment to really give it to Russ. And, and the reality of it is, man, We've always seen this in basketball. Like, this is how hierarchy works. This is how you move up the chain. And Dane deserves all of that. Uh, that's, exactly, that's exactly right, Naj. But, you know, we're living in a time now where people, they don't even check for those steps because, you know, they're expecting everybody to just take those steps and be what they I'm actually seeing people on social media saying, yo, I was wrong. I always thought such and such and this guy and that. I was better than Dame. I was wrong. I 
like three years ago. And I'm telling people, I'm like, okay, maybe you weren't wrong. Maybe that's what you thought three years ago. Maybe Dame had better. I damn sure seen his his ascension. But people right. think you have to say something and you got to stick with it for the rest of your life. Like we're not allowed to change our minds about anything. That's the right. The crazy and like part people about don't me. get better. Like okay, Kevin Johnson destroys Magic Johnson in the playoffs one year. That didn't mean KJ was better than Magic. It meant that right. he has risen a few levels from what we thought he was to what he actually right. became. So you know, same type of thing. We see this, but but I guess the thing, the other thing was coaching wise. If you're saying Paul George is hurt, and I, I, I think he was, I, I think he was limited in his play, and he, you can't put him on CJ or Dame throughout the series. Why in the hell, in the biggest moment of the series, do you send Paul out there on an island with Dame? And <laughs> Dame played it perfect because he said, okay, I'm not going to, uh, you know, put this in the official's hands. I'm just going to keep him out here. I'm going to give him one hezzy and then pull up. Now, Paul defended it. I mean, it, as best as you could. He as got best as you up. can from he 37. To the hezzy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that hesitation was nasty. I don't think people slow-moed enough because it froze him for a <laughs> second, and then he pulled, and by then, you know, his hand down, man down. But, uh, yeah, Dame, we're we going to talk about this for a long time, what Dame did. But going to what y'all said earlier, I fully expect him to lose the next round. They're not a good Damn. team, and OKC is not a good team. Uh, this is play-up match-up stuff. So when they got put out by New Orleans last year and everybody told us Dame was trash, like, no, they just got caught up against Anthony Davis and they had no answer for him. And Jay Rude and and the only reason I give them hope, man, the only reason I give them hope is because of where they're drawing in the bracket. I don't trust Denver. I know they're the two seed. I don't trust them enough. And it's not a knock on them. They're just – they're young, and they're one of those teams in my eyes that are taking those. Steps. Maybe they will. Yeah. I mean, get to the to yeah. the conference finals, but but and then you yeah, got the Spurs. Probably could always. How do you hype you know, up a guy who, whose franchise guy is a skilled, crafty guy? It's like, man, right. no athleticism, no speed, no. <laughs> right. I don't know about your boy Joker. I like him; he's good, but I don't know if he's right. good enough. Like to they head so trying yeah, out Joker and and Paul Millsap. So I don't trust him like man. that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But as far as, but as, far as you guys, I, I think y'all, I think y'all, are, uh, y'all ain't giving yourself enough credit. If the the whole series is about Embiid, if Embiid is healthy enough to be the monster we know he is, y'all got Y'all definitely got to fight his chance. Because as much as Ben Simmons is gonna have, you know, ceiling game and floor game, Kyle Lowry, the most, uh, what can you say, yeah, unconfident he... superstar, <laughs> his yeah, ability. Yeah. His, his, like mentally, he can just check out of a game, not believe in and, himself. And he has and a just, dislocated finger, so that's probably on his mind as well. Man, look. That, and if he drops to the hoop, the, I'm testing that finger every time. I'm slapping at the ball. <laughs> <laughs> man, Cal might do, get depressed. Like, you never know. Right, right. So, I think y'all I mean, still I, y'all I, so I short, man. I think we I have think a chance. I, and I think that's what we do in Philly. Well, some yeah. of us Philly. I think Chaz. that's what we do. We kind of hedge our bet by by talking nah. what, what, what could happen on the negative side. I, I mm. think it's I think I think it's kind of a good luck thing for me. I bash my team. Yeah. Time. I'm, I'm, I'm from Philadelphia. I've, I've seen us lose. Yo, we got in a Super Bowl right. and was winning the game in the quarter to the other team four times. So I just I've seen too much to pick up unless. <laughs> 
unless it's just impossible for us to lose, man. So I, I can't pick us going this deep in the playoffs. With a young team, I believe the talent is definitely there for us to win, but these dudes can nut up just because of age. Just because yeah. of age. So that, that's my maturity. It's my thing. True. No, 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 no knock on it. I'm not calling it like it's some kind of short series. I think it's long, extended, tough series, and Embiid's health is going to be the biggest factor. I was going to say, side, if I he can stay healthy Boston and not miss any games, even though what's name gives Boston him uh, <laughs> You think Boston going to get smashed? I think Boston is going to get smashed. I think we're going to see finger pointing. I think we're going to see Space Cadet Kyrie go into millennial mode. And people start getting on that uh, I got mine type ish. I think they are going to get smashed because you got to shoot well to beat Milwaukee because they give up the three, but they don't allow you to get inside. And See, that's I, a good Jaylen thing. Brown and I hope you're right on that because you know I, I would. I like think they're going to get smashed, bro. And, and Giannis <laughs> is going to do something. He's going to do some dirty things to them. It might be worse than what Dame did because Dame did it finesse wise. Giannis Yo, that's what I see. And that's got me hyped. I'm <laughs> hyped now. Like, yeah, that's let's what go, I see. fuck. <laughs> that's what I see. I'm telling you, man. And Brogdon but, may be coming back for some part of that series, too. So you're talking about a little yeah, more depth. He's gonna miss, they say he's going to miss the first two games. But after that, he should be good to go. And, I mean, knowing how, seeing what people are doing this season, that might not mean anything. They're saying he's missing. He might be in the lineup when the game starts. Um, we thought Blake was done for the season. He ended up playing two games. Um, Embiid, a couple of these games were doubtful, and he only missed one game in the series. So, yeah, I, I think people out here hey, throwing hey, smoke. Hey, hey, man, if, if, if I'm at Blake's agent, I'd have quit. But salute to Blake for being a soldier, <laughs> getting in games. He knew they yeah. couldn't win, probably really had a small chance of winning, but that dude strapped it on with that big giant cast slash knee brace, slash, you know what I'm saying? And, and what B. Austin and, and said, play. when he gave him the props for doing that earlier in the show, I was thinking, like, Blake probably, because, you know, he talked about the reputation he had gotten. He probably did it just for that, because he knew they were going to lose. Mm. And he knew he right, was being right. risky with the whole thing. He probably was trying to get it. Yeah, he was trying to get the street cred back. All right, but oh, now yeah, we got a locker, room. It's, we it's got a locker room our football trump card. guy on the line. What you oh, say? Okay, let me let y'all do y'all. I said it's a locker room trump card. Any questions about oh, Blake? No, no anybody doubt. say anything about Blake? He's going to be the dude yeah, that strapped yeah. it up for games they know they couldn't win. Yeah. Well, yeah, let yeah, y'all yeah they, nobody in Detroit can say anything to him now. At least those bars. Especially they can't say not nothing. Reggie, who was probably <laughs> mad he suited up because he wouldn't get his good shot. Oh, hell, he playing right. thing. <laughs> Reggie's just going to leave. Salute to y'all, man, like always, though, man. I'm going to listen to y'all draft covers. And if Arizona don't quit lying. Yeah, I know. I know know Rosen's gone. Yo, they apologized to do by remaking the video and putting them in it. Like, he's gone. (laughs) All right, man. We wrap to you. All right, All right. right, so, yeah, let's get – we got uh, the homie Fred Perdue on the line. I know he's chomping at the bit to get to this draft coverage right before we do that. Just going to give out some quick birthday shout outs. Um, and having a birthday this week, some of the greats in the game. Tim Duncan turns 43 years old. Um, wow. Somebody buys him some clothes for his, uh, <laughs> for his birthday. Um, I don't know what Timmy yeah. be doing out there, My but birthday. shout out to him. Uh, Joe Buck. Uh, 
50 years old. Joe Buck looks like he's older than 50 to me. I don't know what the stress is of calling games. That would seem like having a good time, but Joe Buck looked a little older than that. Shout out to him, though. Uh, Darren Woodson, a former Cowboy safety, turns 50. Mark Bryant, 54 years old. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is 57. And we give we want to give a rest in peace birthday shout out to one of the the greatest tricksters with a basketball of all time, the homie Metal Lark Lemon. Uh, he was born April 25th, 1932. Lived a long, fruitful, prosperous, and entertaining life. Uh, he died on December 27th, 2015. So we'd like to give a big war room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. And you guys know you can check out our website at warroomsports.com if you want to call in and speak with us about NFL draft coverage. We're about to do that now with the homie Fred Purdue. So dial the digital exchange text line. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And this NFL rap and Fred Purdue of Cover 2 fame, this segment is brought to you by – Digital Extreme Technologies, do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and yes, financing options are truly available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205. Four two zero three again two six seven two zero five four two zero three and for discount rates. Be sure to let them know that the homies at the room sent you. All right, NFL Draft twenty nineteen is here in a matter of forty minutes, and joining us on the line. Is the home my partner from Cover Two with McMillan and Purdue? If you haven't listened to that, make sure you go to War Room Sports Podcast Network, which is on our website, and take a listen over there. All NFL. We got my Fred man. Purdue in the building. Fred, what up? What my up, Fred? Man. My man, Zach Randolph can't go left when you've got a QB yeah. like. <laughs> Come on, now, man. Fred Come knows. on. Tell them who you is. Fred, Fred, Fred knows now how it is to know y'all cats for life like I do. Fred, don't worry about it because <laughs> they, they, the way they pick stuff that you say and never, ever going to live it down, just imagine 30 years. They got stuff I said 30 years ago <laughs> that, damn, that, that I, they still get on me about every day. So don't, don't, don't take that personally. That's just me. You, you fam now. They ain't gonna never let that. Hey, I just want to put it like this. That or, the, or like the, this. what does it be? Uh, Cutler. When you got a quarterback like <laughs> when you got a quarterback <laughs> like Jay Cutler <laughs> and my man Jadavian Clowney. Man, this hey, is this Jay is Jay like the holiday. I'm just saying he's about to get paid. Everybody's about to get paid. Jadavian Clowney. They're they're reporting that they're open to trading him. So it's a lot of teams yeah. out there. Trying to throw willing. together some packages. I even saw Rosario asking if the Eagles should be uh, guys and try to get involved in that. Mediocre guys He's not a, giving. Well, I won't call him mediocre. Uh, 
he's not getting max money. I wouldn't give him max money, but he's. he's I mean, he's one of those guys. If you can keep, he could be a beast. You just can't. I mean, 10, 15 sacks a season. I'm not too upset with that, but you know. Exactly. Be healthy for the second half of the season when the games count a little more. Sit out the first half. Come back and sack people in the playoffs. I'm, I'm with that. All right, but anyway, before we get into draft coverage, Fred and I talked about it on the latest episode of um, Cover 2, but just wanted to reiterate a little bit B's opinion on Ben Roethlisberger with his two-year, $63 million contract extension with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, my thoughts on this whole thing was, you know, after all of the talk there um, about players not really liking the way that the the organization coddles Ben. They let him do what he want. The um, GM actually came out and said, "I don't. We don't mind if Ben talks about players on his podcast. He's earned the right." Like it's obvious that Ben has a the quarterback. You know, the star quarterback usually does. He has a different set of rules on the team. Um, but them giving him a two-year extension when he was already hinting at retirement two years ago. Now that he's decided that he's not ready to go yet, they're giving him a two-year extension for big money. B, is this just the, the Pittsburgh Steelers doubling down and letting their players know, you know, Ben is the dude here. If you can't get down with how we've been and, and uh, you know, comparison to how yeah. we treat everybody else, then get That's out exactly. of here. This That's exactly. shows their, their loyalty to him. It, yeah, it's exactly what it is. The GM, the GM and ownership, but definitely the GM creates a an environment of an environment of um, coddling and 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 entitlement uh, for for Ben. So you know nothing's going to change. And despite them knowing his character, he's the best option they have at court QB. He's still arguably a top 10 talent in the league. So he do what he wants. He do what he wants. Yeah, and, and that's what Fred and I talked about the other day. Like, you know, with saying all that I just said, I'm not saying that he didn't earn this. As a matter of fact, Ben Roethlisberger had uh, career oh, yeah. highs all across the board last season. Now that could have a lot to do with just the way football is played now. You know, you had Antonio Brown and Juju out there. This year, he's going to go out there with just one of those two guys. Um, he didn't have his star running back, but he won't have him again. So, you know, we're going to see how far he can actually take them. But, you know, it being 37 years old and putting up career highs, 5,100 yards passing, 34 touchdowns, um, his attempts and completions were both career highs as well. Can't really say if their franchise quarterback says, okay, I want to play another year or two, that you don't go out and give him that money and let him play another year or two. So I'm not saying that at all. But I think it definitely is a double down on all the complaints and the little locker room stuff that we hear about the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. They just said, F everybody, we do what we want. All right, let's get into this. I know Fred's been waiting for this. And we're going to start off this NFL draft coverage Um because you guys should be listening to Cover 2 and Quick Slants. Quick Slants is our college football show. Um, but if you haven't, you know, Fred did a full first-round mock a couple of weeks ago. We're not going to do a full first-round mock here. We don't even have time to do that. But Fred is going to give you his top ten. 
So he's going to give you the, the, the first 10 picks of his mock NFL draft. Um, and we're going to see how that plays out uh, just just a little after 8 p.m. Eastern time here. So, Fred, go ahead. Who you got? Arizona is on your clock. Who you got them taking? They sitting out here faking like it's a possibility that Rosen will still be on the team <laughs> or still be the starting quarterback past this evening. Um, I've got a feeling that your mock says FOH to that. Uh, Fred? Um, Freddie Purdue. Calling Freddie Purdue. Fred Perdue. So, All right. I don't, don't know what's we'll going go on ahead. with Fred's audio. But, we'll um, go ahead and go with FOH to the Cardinals. Yeah, that's an FOH guy. Sorry, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. Okay, so quite honestly, quite honestly, it's like three or four days ago we hear, oh, Kyler Murray is not even an option anymore. Then it went from, oh, we're kind of, the options are still open, to, oh, Kyler Murray expects to be drafted number one. We know the smoke screen. Like, I turn everything off. I don't even pay attention to anything as of draft week. As of probably last Friday, I don't even pay attention to anything because everything's a lie. I mean, it's, it's, everything's a lie. You're not – everything you know is what looking that is, to though, position Fred? itself. You – you start throwing smoke screens that your interest is waning a little bit. All of that is mm-hmm. is trying to drum up some trade interest to see if anybody's exactly. going to give you anything ridiculous for it. And if you don't get that, the they're going to go ahead and draft is... Kyler Murray and then trade the other guy instead of trading the pick. The problem <laughs> with that is is if you're getting a first now, if someone says, oh, we'll trade you a first now, if I know you need to get rid of this guy, why am I going to give you a first now when I know the value is going to continue dropping? Any shrewd businessman will say, I'll wait because you're going to have to take something at some point or you're stuck with this guy. So I'll wait till the day of and you'll, I'll give you a third, fourth, maybe two thirds. And you'll be happy with that because you finally, now you don't have a quarterback controversy that looks really bad or you have no choice. So you can be stuck with it. So this is what I'll ask you though, Fred. Kyler Murray. Like I, I know that you you know, you agree that he should be the first pick in the draft, but do you believe in him that much? Because some people say, you know, they don't even think he's worthy of this pick being the first pick in the draft. But what I I'm gonna take that question a little bit farther and ask mm-hmm. like not only being the first pick, but the fact that you have Rose in there already that you just drafted in the first round last year. Like, is he worth being the first pick and giving up on Rosen that quick? I think so. Uh, what Kyler Murray brings to this game and to this air raid offense that isn't some spectacular offense that we've never seen. The Patriots do a lot of what they do. Uh, the, the Packers do a lot of what they do. Uh, I mean, you see a lot of those concepts, those option route concepts. Uh, you see a lot of that across the league. The league is finally caught up to college football. But the, the idea that you have a guy that can move around, extend plays, and he's a, he can, he's a dime dropper. That's exactly what he is. And he can play off platform, off script, versus Josh Rosen, who's more of the classic drop back quarterback. Both guys can fit the system, 
But the pro- the thing is, who do- who would you rather when you have a bad offensive line? A guy that can move around and make some plays, or a guy that we know as soon as the ball is being snapped, he's got a guy in his hip pocket. His all his centers in his back pocket. I mean, so basically saying, I probably which guy want would the you rather guy. kill? The black guy or the white guy? <laughs> you get I mean, Tyler killed. And the other, and the thing is with the NFL now is I think the myth of you know short quarterbacks can't really play uh, under in like on structure. I think that myth is being broken. Russell Wilson helped break it. Uh, Baker Mayfield helped helped break it. And quite I honestly, but when we say that, there's still only like two names that really come up. It is. I mean, you, you, you have did to throw be really in Baker, good at what you do, but it's usually like people go to the. Russell Russell Wilson and and Drew Brees. And like is two or three quarterbacks enough of a sample to just totally think, break the mix? Well, there's 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 a little bit more. We can go a little bit deeper on that. Uh one Steve Young, six foot. One Aaron Rodgers, barely over six foot two. The average quarterback in the NFL is about six two. Matthew Stafford's about six two. There's not a lot of six foot five quarterbacks walking around anymore. So when you look at the, how these quarterbacks are looking now, <laughs> not a they're lot getting of more athletic. They're getting a little bit more athletic. They're getting a little bit more uh, <laughs> able to play point. outside the pocket. That's a great point for her. Uh, and yeah. for me, what I look at is it's not about the height of the quarterback because Aaron Rod- if Aaron Rodgers is 6'2", or Steve Young is six foot. Your offensive line is still six five. He still can't see. It's all it's all about being able to find throwing lanes and having an offensive line coach who can put in a scheme with splits with the right splits uh, on that offensive line that fit that offense. Because the same things that they do at schools like Missouri, where they have wider splits. That's how you open up those lanes for those shorter quarterbacks who uh, of yesterday, like Chase Daniel, who's still somehow in the league, and he's having success as well as a backup, and he's making his money, and he'll he'll come in every now and then and, and hold down the fort. But that's what it, it's it's scheme. You can out scheme anybody in today's league where you can't touch a guy, you can't touch receivers, you can't touch quarterbacks, and it's offensively driven. All right, well let's let's speed this up because I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on Kyler. Um, San Francisco at number two. You got um, them the racist, the, uh, I mean, Joe. Maga, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, the Maga The racist, back. I mean, Nick Bosa. Yeah, the race, the race him, that guy. Yeah, Shout that out guy. to the Ku Klux Klan, represented yeah, in, right. in, in all draft. And, and the, the New York Jets have the third pick. You know, you hear a lot of their fans chirping a little bit. Already, because they expect to be something else. I saw somebody talking to Fred earlier that guaranteed that the Jets would have a spot in this year's playoffs. Yeah, I know. Um, I want my case of do, man. I don't even drink so, Mountain Dew. I just want a case of do. Uh, I just want to pull so my best Shannon Sharp out. Who the hell are they going to get at this third pick that's going to lift them into the playoffs? Because Bell ain't going to be <laughs> out of the season. You have Bell two options. Bell going to be out have... with a quad contusion at the end of the season. <laughs> you have two options. You have either Josh Allen from the outside linebacker defensive end hybrid from Kentucky, or you have Quentin Williams, the monster in the middle Quentin. from Alabama. Quite honestly, if they're smart, they go after Quentin Williams because he is he he's probably the best defensive tackle I've seen. Uh, come around since probably Aaron Donald. No, no disrespect to guys like Ed Oliver, but he's probably Whoa. the best guy I've seen since Aaron. I Donald. think Quinnen is number one pick worthy. I think he's that good. Yes, he is. He is. If yeah. if if there was no quarterback that was worthy of it, he'd easily be the guy that you take at number one. 
Even over, right, over, over, over Nick Bosa. Over Nikki Maga. Um, yeah. Go ahead, B. I'm sorry. So, so Fred, you you are truly high on Kyler Murray. You believe in him. For this draft, for this draft specifically, sure. Uh, if this was n- uh, last year, no. If this is probably Man, to hell next with year, the draft. We... what about when he get on that NFL field? I don't care where he he play. I think he's capable, but he's so the the one thing I have a question about is his frame. Is he going to hold up? He's not going to stay at two hundred five, two hundred eight, or whatever he was at. That's, not possible. That's a nice aesthetic. For that's the, the only difference. Like quarterbacks got to be a little more big boned out there. But why are we talking about Kyler Murray again? Let's go to the four pick and the Oakland Raiders who sent their, sent home their whole scouting department. Um, not sure what Gruden and Mayock is over there doing. Uh, Fred and I talked about them as well. You got TV personalities basically running the damn show. Um, even though I, I, I like Mike Mayock. I like I don't know if that translates, translates into being a good GM. But uh, where you got the, the Raiders going with the four pick? Uh, this this one's fun because whoever this is going to be a nice a nice draft for guy for a team like the Raiders because you have so many picks you can kind of just say screw this one we'll get it back later in the, later in on uh, towards the middle <laughs> of this some- thing uh, we'll take a shot uh, but no they'll play it safe they'll go after Josh Allen uh, they need help as a, they need help to replace the guy that they got rid of the best defensive player in the league Where not got named all Aaron Donald from in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you you should you had Khalil Mack. You decided not to keep him, and now you need to replace that. You got to go find somebody to get after the quarterback. Am I and the only point, person? Maybe, am I the only person in America that's not upset with that trade, though? Like, but the I am. Raiders I am upset. I am going upset anywhere. With that trade. The Raiders weren't going anywhere with Khalil Mack. If you have a tradable commodity like that, you go ahead and do that now. I know this is going to be hindsight for everybody, but say with a few of these first-round picks, they strike it big, and they get two crazy defenders. Maybe they might not be individually as good as Khalil Mack, but if you get two dudes that are that turn out to be great, then it would have turned out really good for them. I mean, they got some pieces on the offensive side of the ball. If, if you know, the quarterback can be what he was two seasons ago, he got a hell of a weapon, at least until he makes him mad and he turns his – attention to him, his negative attention. You know, A.B. can just destroy you. Um, I, I think it could end up being a good thing. I'm like, what else do they do is my question to people. Khalil Mack was the only damn person you had that anybody wanted. What else do you do? He's not going to win by himself in, in Oakland. And, and you know, contrary to what people believe, he didn't just go to Chicago and win by himself either. He made a very – he made already good defense into a very good defense. But, you know, our people, we, we just want to give individual <laughs> credit to everybody. Skyview in the chat room, he's a Raiders fan. Would would you like that pick? If it was Josh Allen, let us know. All right, so let's go to the number five pick, which is owned by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be firing the cannons or no? Uh, this one's – see, I'm conflicted here because – what they they want the rights they went to the right school, but the consensus pick is the wrong position. You know, you guys know how I feel about running backs in the first round, but I right. also feel a certain type of way about inside linebackers 
going in the top five, top ten. Uh, we can talk about top fifteen. Okay, that that's a little bit better. But the the consensus thought is Devin White, LSU linebacker, is going to be the number five pick. But if this team is smart, they go get them. They go help the biggest need on in their defense, the secondary. They are the bomb squad in the secondary. How do you fix that? Go get the best man-to-man corner in this draft from the same school, Greedy Williams, 6'2", long arms. He can play against any big receiver. He held down DK Metcalf, the guy who is supposedly the best receiver in this class, which I that's a, that's a whole other discussion for another day. But Greedy Williams is the classic tall, long corner that can – just lock up a guy. And Scott, you answered me. He said he wanted Bosa up until about eight minutes ago. He, <laughs> got wind of, uh, he must have just got wind of all his MAGA tweets. Team MAGA, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead and keep his that. Trump Go support. keep that. He also, he also, it was a real big affront to black people. He said Black Panther was the worst Marvel movie ever. <laughs> More racist now. <laughs> it's all good. Be you next. Staying on him oh, real quick. Just curious. You. What do you... Do you look at if he's the... if that's part of that family? If he's part of that family, what do you think Joey thinks? Yeah, I'm just Joey putting it out there. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But Joey probably thinking, but Joey probably like, yo, shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> yo, well, what about Papa Bosa? I'm trying I mean, to, I'm, just I'm trying to get along in these locker rooms, and you out here drawing for the whole family. Like, come on, dude, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, I, I agree on your Grady on your Grady Jackson assessment. Uh, but locking DJ Metcalf down wasn't as hard as it as it seemed. But um, linebackers in the top ten, mm, especially inside linebackers, should be a thing of the past. Fred, so you're basically telling us that the Buccaneers are not going to trade that number five no, pick to the no. Eagles to get the Sean Jackson back? No, no, no. But they might they might <laughs> just make a trade. They might make a trade to that other team in your division, that that other team with the racist name, you know, the Washington team. Uh, There have been lots of reports that Dan Snyder wants a big chunk of quarterback, and he's willing to give up whatever it takes to get it. I'm cool with that. Well, Tampa's the only team that they would have to move up to. Any quarterback they get. Like, getting drafted as a quarterback by the Washington professional football team is like having roots put on you. So I'm good with that. (laughs) Like, hey, Dwayne Haskins says that they treated him real good up here. Trade up and get Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's gonna be a bum. You saw what happened to RG three. Shoot, they was high on Jason Campbell around here back in that day. Um, <laughs> Jason well, what was the white boy that used to get beat up all the time? B he played around the Spurrier area, but he couldn't stay yeah. healthy because of trash. And then he ended up going to the Jets. Yeah, he, I, I remember. Yeah. I don't remember the name. I know exactly who you're talking oh, about. I rem- it wasn't Patrick Ramsey, was it? Patrick oh, Ramsey. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Patrick yes. That's it. Patrick Ramsey. We're big on him. Like, we, we are, like I've been here, you know, about, about a dub, about 20 years or so. And I've been around for so many exciting first-round quarterback drafts for this particular team. Um, it never seems to work out. Um, let's stay in that division, though. The number six pick belongs to the New York G-Men. Um, Giants at six. Where are they going with it? Quarterback is the smart move, but do they really pull the trigger? And if they do pull the trigger, is it 
is it Daniel Jones, the guy that they call the next Peyton Manning, or at least he's the guy that has all the traits that Peyton Manning had and maybe a little Eli sprinkled in there, and that's blasphemous. I don't think there is ever going to be another Peyton Manning ever again. Um, but the GOAT, the GOAT QB. Hey, 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 hey the GOAT's still playing. Hey, hey, hey. I like I didn't say all that now. Chill, chill. I, I'm giving credit now. I'm giving credit, but uh, no. Uh, yeah, this one, I think. The, <laughs> I think the Giants are going to go quarterback. They have no choice. They have to look towards the future because do you really want undersized, always hurt Tua Tonga Viola next year uh, after he destroys college football for about seven weeks and then gets hurt again, or are you willing to tank for Trevor Lawrence for two seasons? You don't know if you'll even be there in two years. So uh, you got to go get your quarterback. Go get Dwayne Haskins, the hometown guy. You can sell it to your fans. Uh, you've got rid of Odell Beckham Jr., so good luck having giving him guys to throw to because now you got to go find a receiver for him. You get a quarterback now, at least you have a little bit of excuses. Like, oh, you don't have the same weaponry to throw to, so we'll let him grow. Um, but that's, that's a pipe dream. We're living in uh, – culture of immediacy and that's New York. So they get somebody new and shiny, they're gonna wanna do they're gonna want them to do something right then and there. But as good as, is, as good as he is and as good as we all knew he was gonna be, they still should have taken a quarterback last year instead of Saquon Barkley. But Of course. Of course. You never take a running what? back in the top in the first round. Never, ever. I don't care if he's Walter Payton. You don't ever take a running back in the first round. <laughs> Fred, Fred, Fred is adamant on that. You ain't gonna, it's no use. Fred is adamant on that. He he will disrespect the running back to his face just to let him know. No, you, wouldn't you, take Barry, you wouldn't take Barry in the first There is no running back. I don't care if he is the second coming of Barry Sanders. I will never be willing to take he's a back, running back, back in the first though. round. Back then, B, that was a thing. Like, you could take running back with the number one pick and feel good about it back then when it was a Running backs have a shelf life of seven years. Ask the Cowboys how they feel about Zeke's contract and how they feel about him probably five years from now, if he's still Seven years is being generous. Seven years is like a superstar. (laughs) Pretty much. Ask AP Um, how he feels, how the teams feel about AP right about now. Just saying. Uh, number seven, Jacksonville. Wow. This was my favorite easy. quarterback you... of all time, Nicky Foles. Glad he's gone. Glad he's Thank gone. You, Destroy your fire. No. I wish he no. Um, but well, you know. But Jacksonville. Have to meet him early, man. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. It's Jacksonville. He's not. He's not on a good team anymore. Yeah, I'm not worried anymore. Again. <laughs> you'll never meet him but, again outside the regular season. <laughs> Dick Foles, uh, one of his his favorite targets is the tight end. So what do you do? You go draft the tight end, TJ Hawkinson, the guy I want my team to draft at 32. But, Yo. you know, we're, yeah. I don't Fred, think that's true, make, though. I think, I think that was – You make him up with Wentz. Yeah, you make him up with Wentz. Yeah, Wentz wouldn't go down to anybody but Ertz. Ertz got mad when uh, – what's the name came in? Because he actually started sharing the ball. But, no, I mean – if you you I mean I agree with the pick like you you bring in a new quarterback you definitely got to get him somebody in the middle of the field but no that that MO PJ Hawkinson is I'm willing to bet and I usually don't like doing this especially with you guys but I'm willing to bet PJ <laughs> Hawkinson is going to be he's going to be Cutler. a really no he's going to be a really really productive tight end yeah, and he's going to be around like for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tie it in like TJ. 
All right, let's go. To I, I'm willing eight, to bet man. he's going to be up there with the Travis Kelseys of the world. I'll put it. I'll put it that way. No, okay, that's 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 big. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football, bar none. Even if Gronk was still here, bar none. So let me not get fresh started. Number eight, yo, Detroit Travis, yo, Travis Kelsey ain't even a tight end. He just an uh, athlete. <laughs> he a cyborg. That's a cyborg. There's about like ten of those hands. in the NFL. You think he black too? Detroit at number eight. I didn't say I did. I said he does. Go ahead, Fred. Detroit at number eight. At number eight, you got to go protect Matthew Stafford for what I don't understand because this franchise is going nowhere very fast. But uh, you got to go protect your quarterback. Um, (laughs) You can have Stafford. You know what? Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback in the NFL. On my fantasy team, sure, that's about it. Right. But uh, if you want, if you really want to make sure you go protect him, go get uh, Jonah Williams, offensive tackle, Alabama. He'll start out on the right side. You move him to the left side progressively, and you'll be fine. Make yeah, sure Matty Staff stays healthy. Matty Staff's gonna get you five thousand. Um, number nine, Buffalo Bills. Man, the Buffalo Bills, they had a very interesting season last year. And Josh Allen, he needs weapons. What do we do with what do we do? Do we go get a tight a tight end like Noah Fant, the other guy at, at Iowa? Because you know T.J. Hawkinson was the guy, but Noah Fant is like the receive. He's like the mismatch of all mismatches. Mismatches. Or do you say, I want a really dynamic receiver to go with a dynamic quarterback who can throw it a mile? Well, let's go take a chance on on D.K. Metcalf, uh, wide receiver. Ole Miss, hopefully he doesn't fall apart and become the next David Boston because that's his comparison right now. <laughs> Yo, I hate Uh-oh. David Boston. David Boston can fight, though. I keep forgetting these bums' names, man. What was the running back name that he beat up at practice? No, that's Michael no, that's Westbrook that did that. That was Michael Westbrook. He looked like a linebacker, a wide receiver. Oh, sir, he looked like a D lineman. He came to camp at 275. <laughs> he looking like that. Um, Yo, he came anyway, to camp at last one. I got some other stuff to ask Fred about. Uh, Denver Broncos at 10. You know what they say about John Elway, right? He can't draft. He can't draft or develop Elway. a quarterback to save his John life. Elway Last time he actually could John do it, Elway was, not being able to spot a good quarterback for for a Hall of Fame quarterback. He can't. He cannot scout him at all. But guess what? He's gonna try it again. He's gonna throw. He's just gonna throw a, a shot in the dark again. Uh, we're looking at Drew Locke here. I, he's. I mean, he's been courting Drew Locke all, all season. Um, Drew Locke is a big, strong quarterback. His his ceiling is Pat Mahomes. His floor is Nick Foles. If he's either one of those guys, yeah. this team has a franchise quarterback. So, uh, quarterback, you need a quarterback to get anywhere, and especially in this division now because, you know, the aforementioned Pat Mahomes, a.k.a. the, the new cover guy on Madden, which I'm glad of. You know, anytime you're on that cover, you know, things Stop don't hating. work out all that well. Stop hating. Don't hate, hey, man. Hey, 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 hey. No hate. No hate. No shade. No hate because he couldn't beat my team. So, I'm just saying. Fred he couldn't beat my Fred team. Secretly, he just secretly wished injury on that ball. I don't wish injury. I don't wish injury. I just want him to – he needs to have a not-so-great season. That's all. Not a great – so not-so-great season. But, yeah, he, right, so um, that's, that's, but Drew Locke is the guy. 
That's your top ten mock right there. I actually think um I don't know, Elway might be doing that on purpose just to keep his uh his legacy intact intact. Let me just keep getting these bums so we can say we never found a quarterback after me. And then as soon as they replace Elway finally they're gonna find the next Elway. Um all right. We're gonna talk about some prospects in a minute, but I wanna get your opinion on one particular prospect. Um, not okay. a household name, not anybody that a bunch of people has heard for. Played for a little school, University of Delaware, um, out this way. Um, his family, basically a friend of the program. He has Hall of Fame DNA in him. Um, we interviewed his uncle, who is a Hall of Fame defensive back from the, the Packers, and Herb Adderley. He also played for the Cowboys, but he doesn't even like to acknowledge that part of his career. Um, but Nasir Adderley, um, he's a defensive back from the University of Delaware. Uh, his family, which we know, they're hoping that his name is going to be called this weekend. What do you think? You got a, You got his name being called? Oh, I have his name being called, and it's going to get called quite early. It might not get it's called tonight, but it'll get called early, very early uh, tomorrow. One of the best safeties in this class uh, – Every year I I go ahead and when I do my notes on players, I always make sure I I always make sure I have three games on them. I watch their best game, their worst game, and then I take a team, an upper level team, especially if they're an FCS school. For those of you that don't know, FCS is is the level below which we used to call Division Two. Uh, that's it's FCS Division One AA. That's your uh, your Delawares, your uh, your North Dakota States, your FAMUs, your HBCU schools, that's your FCS one uh, AA. Uh, but Delaware, those are the Fighting Joe Flacco's. Uh, they look like Michigan, but they're not really Michigan. Uh, just a little bit of backstory. <laughs> so for me, when I when I look at Nasir Adderley, one of the things I noticed about him on film was he's a little bit undersized and a little bit inconsistent. Uh, when you look at Tackler, he was a corner first, moved to safety. I think he's going to be very – he'll move into – he, and he has good length. Yeah, he's a ball hawk. Exactly. He's not – he, and we you know, we know how we feel about corners. You know, with corners is – can they tackle? That's but in the I look at the Deion Sanders approach. I don't have to tackle. My job is to make sure you don't catch anything. So if you, if you don't catch the ball, or if I take the ball, exactly. I ain't got to <laughs> he's a he's he was the corner that played with, or he's the safety that plays with corner eyes. He did what he had to do in college. Now he's going to be a very good special teamer. Uh, the only thing, like I said, is his his size. He's a little bit undersized, six foot. Uh, 206 is what he was at, at for the combine as a safety. That's a little bit on the undersized side of things, especially for a free safety. Uh, but if you move him back to corner, he has he can play he can play up in press. He can play off and met uh, off off ball. Um, he'll be fine. He'll be more than fine. Um, like I said, his great uncle is a Hall of Fame corner, maybe one of the top ten the game has ever seen. So Hall of Fame I can safety. see him. His versatility will help him. His ability to play on special teams will help him greatly because in the NFL, you have to start all the way back at the bottom. Special teams will be your way of getting in. Uh, being from a small school, he'll have a lot to prove. Uh, I really don't – I don't look at that as something that is – I think nowadays the small school thing is can you play? 
And I think that's what, when you watch him on tape, he is a ball hawk. He's an aggressive player. Uh, and he had his effort. One of the one things I look at for players is effort. So many times on film, I see a guy just breaking in the open field. And guess who's there to catch him from behind? That's your Adelaide. Uh, for me, for as far as a grade, I look at him as maybe a mid-second rounder. Uh, at wow. worst, if he falls, he won't fall farther than early third round. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, Shay, I wouldn't mind if the I wouldn't mind if the hometown birds took a flyer. I really yeah, would. hometown scout. You know, highlights are highlights, and that's all. You know, that, that's what I've seen of them. Of course, I you know I haven't watched as much. Uh, straight up game film as as Fred, but he he looks like a beast out there, and um, you know his family, they he definitely deserves it, man. I, I can't wait for his name to be called and to be able to see the reaction from his family. So good luck out there, Adderley family. Like I said, he has DNA, he has Hall of Fame DNA, and so you know if he could take some notes from the family tree. He might become a good one out there. So everybody keep that name in mind. Listen for him, watch for him. Let's see what he does. All right, so before we leave, Fred, just give us some more prospects that we should be keeping an eye on, whether it's tonight. Well, t- tonight most of the people know the names. Maybe some maybe some, some Friday, Saturday prospects. Well, I'll give you, and I know how much we love our HBCU, so I'll give you an HBCU, Titus Howard, offensive tackle, Alabama State. He's going to be a nice right tackle, very, very nasty run blocker on the right side of that line. He's going to be a guy I actually kind of wish the old Bill Belichick could give him a call, but I don't know if that'll happen. Um, Chris Lindstrom, uh, offensive lineman, uh, he can play up and down the offensive line, Boston College. He is a... He is, a, he is a guy that fits in a place like Baltimore, New England, Pittsburgh. He's that kind of guy. He's that nasty lunch pill type of guy. This offensive line class is going to get, make any team that takes these guys really, really happy, whether it's Andre Dillard, whether it's Jawan Taylor, who got hurt. It was nicked up, but when he came to the combine, he still competed and really showed, showed me that his toughness is going to show. Uh, also, again, Jonah Williams, he started out as a, he started as a freshman at Alabama on the right side right before Cam Robinson left. He transitioned to the left side. I think he's going to be a better guard or center than he will a tackle, but he'll get that opportunity at the tackle position. Uh, John Abram. Safety, Juan Thornhill as well. Safety, this safety class is pretty good as well. Uh, John Abram is, 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 think Bob Sanders, a little bit bigger. He's that guy, he'll blow you up, but he's not going to get hurt doing it. Um, I'd say, I, I still, I still believe in Ed Oliver, despite his, uh, defensive tackle, despite the, the comparisons to Aaron Donald, I don't see that. I think he's a bit on the undersized. Uh, he's a bit undersized, but I think he's going to be very good as far as a pass rusher. He just needs to keep the weight up. Can he keep the weight on and and be able to and stay healthy, but and stay out of trouble with his coaches too? But if he can do any of those things, and last but not uh, least, gentlemen. those four, those four, All those right. four guys at Clemson, those four guys at Clemson, those, uh, Christian yeah. Wilkins, Austin Bryant. Dexter uh, Dexter Lawrence or Cleveland Farrell, those four guys, uh, those guys are going to make a lot of money for some uh, as far as defensive linemen that can get after the quarterback. All right, and there you have it. If anybody tells you out there that Fred Perdue ain't the hardest working man in sports, just slap him asleep because they're lying. But uh, Fred, of course, 
you know, you know, we appreciate everything. Everybody go out there. The draft is about to begin in a matter of minutes. We can look out for some of these names and some of these conversations that we had today. But we just want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everybody on Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports, Game Time on the Gluten app. And all the callers who called in to holler at us, we apologize for the ones we couldn't get to. Special thanks again to my partner, Fred Perdue, of the Cover 2 podcast for coming through to preview the 2019 NFL Draft. Tune in next week, live right here on demand, as we catch you up on everything happening in the second round of the NBA playoffs. So until then, enjoy your weekend, including the NFL Draft and NBA playoffs. Enjoy the start of next week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcast, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.